thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. See, I'm not that old. Cardi B. Yeah, she's she's doing things, right? What, is yeah. she one of them rapists? <laughs> no, that's rapist. Stop it. Stop. Um, hi, everybody. Hello. Hello, hello. You are Mr. Brad. I am. You're mm-hmm. Mr. Andrew. I am. And we are here. Spooky. Yes, All Hallows' Eve. The, the veil between the living and the spirit world is at its thinnest, um, but our, our topics are at their juiciest and thickest. That's right. <laughs> Easy there. <laughs> eee, eee. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, it's <laughs> John Carpenter's bald, but long hair, long locks. Just get uh, yes. going. What the fuck is that look? <laughs> it is a weird look. It's that. Um, yeah, it's the delusion. To, it's the look the of a delusional person. Yeah. Anti-establishment. Yeah. It's like when. Yeah. Bald hair, bald head, and ponytail is like the worst look. Yeah. It's like, what are you going for? Like, what? What do you actually? Long hair. Who, um, who lied to anybody? you? I, I was watching. Who said looking good, Bill? <laughs> 
I was watching um, a a documentary. It's like from 2000, and Greg Nicotero was, and we all know what Greg Nicotero looks like now. Greg Nicotero in 2000 looked like he should have been like a a frontman for a 80s hair band, but mm-hmm. was in the ni- or in the 2000s. So like he was still hanging on to that like flowing locks look, mm-hmm. like real like blonde flowing locks and uh, yeah. like a, a, a wispy goatee. Uh, not a good look, Greg. The worst? Not a good look. Yeah. I've been watching this YouTube channel lately, and I the content's great, but the guy, like, it's so thin up here that it can't really get too long, but the rest of it is long, so there's this, like, little frock. Like, man, yeah. come on. Like, I know it sucks, but yeah, you, you lean into it, because leaning away from it is not a good look. No, I my my uh, my on my father's side, my grandfather was one of those guys that did the uh, the waft over. Yeah, like Uncle Leo. Um, <laughs> but it it was true. It was for sure because like we like I would end up uh, like we would be cutting uh, firewood or uh, tr- I grew up on a Christmas tree farm and we'd be you know trimming trees or planting trees or cutting trees or whatever we we're doing mm-hmm. with trees. We we are very tree oriented and um we're tree his hit like the the comb over would just like all of a sudden like like come over to the side for a little bit and then come back over uh yeah i decided never to do that it's like ooh no not for me <laughs> so i don't know how we got onto that i don't but... i don't know either Oh, um, uh, yeah, John Carpenter. Yes, yeah, actually, you're you're right. We do know. We know. We get it. Mm-hmm. We get it. Uh, yeah, so John Carpenter, I'm going to be talking about him tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know. And thank you all for, like, all the great feedback we got on Rob Zombie. Appreciate it. Crickets. Did anyone give us feedback? <laughs> I actually no. don't know. I didn't think so. That's why I was... Yeah. Uh, but hopefully you liked it, and so we're going to dive deep. And I'm looking forward to it tonight. We're getting into John Carpenter. Fuck all uh, of you, and don't forget yeah. to subscribe. <laughs> Tell your friends. Rate and review. Yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Um, actually, I haven't looked and see if we got any reviews lately, but I guess I don't know. This can is fucked up. Um, but anyway, well, speaking of cans, yeah. How's yours? I mean, how's your beer? Uh, well, I, I actually finished my beer for tonight with, uh, with my dinner. Um, as I mentioned last week with, uh, OT's family visiting from St. Louis comes St. Louis Brewskies Mm -hmm. and, um, I thought it would be appropriate tonight, uh, enjoying a ill repute of the, uh, 2018 varietal. From uh, Four Hands Brewing Company, it is an American Imperial Stout. Uh, claims to be a pumpkin stout. Um, I didn't get a lot of that in it, um, but uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get a lot of anything. I was not. I didn't sync up with uh, a lot of our fellow. Ooh, I just saw your picture. I like it. Uh, a lot of our fellow um, untappers out here. Uh, 
People seem to be liking it from like the 3.85 range, I think. Okay. I didn't hate it. I give it a 325. It's still still a solidly um still a solid stout. Uh but I don't think that it hit the mark that it was aiming for. Um Okay. It it wasn't all that roasty. Uh it was pretty malty. Um and uh it was boozy, which was nice. Hmm. Um, but, uh, I feel like it could have been better. I feel like it could have, um, lived up to its promise a little more, uh, is still, still a good stout, but, um, it was not what I was sold. Uh, it was made by four hands brewing company, which mm-hmm. I've had some last week that I really enjoyed by them. And I've had stuff in the past that I really liked. Um, so so this too, like, lets me know that they, when they set out to make a beer, they know what they're doing, um, which some, you know, sometimes you get marks against you for that when you, when you don't hit the mark. And this yeah. is one of those times still, like I said, three, two, average. three, two, five. Yeah. Good rating. Um, I'm just not on par with a lot of other people on untapped right now. I didn't like it as much as, as say some others might have. Yeah, because it looks like it's everyone. It's well, I mean, it's not a lot of people. Are, I mean, it's seventy three ratings total. Oh yeah, coming, you know what too? Like, like three point eight nine. Yeah, when you do, I specified the two thousand eighteen varietal, uh, so I think that that might have something to do with it. Yeah, probably. Well, um, uh, I do. Yeah. I enjoy your photo as well. It's spooky. Yeah, it's very spooky. Was, was it ever even really there? Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of came and went. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, good. Um, it's okay. It's good. But, you know, I've had better. Yeah. Well, you know what? What's up? Lagunitas sucks. I know. So That's do what I'm having tonight. So do all those other InBev sellouts. <laughs> no, uh, La Lagunita sucks, and an Imperial Double, which doesn't taste like an Imperial Double. Uh, I'm not sure what it tastes like. It's it's um. So, I was expecting like this very tart kind of thing. You know, I'm expecting like some kind of jawbreaker type of thing, or you know, something that would uh, you know, bite you way back in the back of your, you know, uh, back here in your your sour place, yeah. but um. I don't know. This was just a kind of. I, I gave it a. What did I give it a? F- three five. Yeah, three five. So, yeah. According to JK. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just. Uh, I don't know. It, it was like what you were saying. Like when you. <laughs> When you expect something from something, you yeah. want it to be better, and this was kind of like, meh, this is just a beer, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You're promised one thing yeah. from a place that usually delivers on its promise. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's just kind of meh. Um, it, uh, yeah, from Lagunitas, of <laughs> course. Uh, 8% ABV and a 63 IBU, and there's nothing really to write home about. Nice. Really nothing to speak or podcast about. I mean, it's uh, it's 
361 rating, and I think I did the same thing because this is a 2018 uh-huh. uh, version of it. And, yeah, I mean, it's good, not great. So mm. that's where it's sitting, about a 3.5 for me. So, um, <clears throat> Which I got this from my brother, and you would know him as the the silent of the yeah. two, Shambok, brother Shambok. I'm going to clear my throat here a second. Yeah, let me clear my throat. Classic. All right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so, in, in, in thinking of where I got this beer from, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, my brother got this beer for me. And I'm thinking, oh, what would be a good topic to bring him in on? And I'm thinking, uh, like, top five characters with no dialogue. <laughs> and then have him come on the episode and just not, you know. Aaron? Talk. Yeah. All right, good pick. Good pick, <laughs> and just play it off like it's like a um, something's wrong with our audio and we didn't pick mm. it up. Totally agree. Totally good choice. Top five <laughs> non-speaking roles. I like that. It is, yeah, it is a good list, but it is just so funny. Like I, that's who you, how you associate my brother. Yeah, but. To be fair to him, he was coming into a pretty tough room. Coming with, in hot. With yeah. um, Mavs and your original STV lineup. A lot, yeah. a lot of talkers in that group. Yeah, there's heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah. Heavy hangers. Some heavier than others. Yeah. Ooh, all right. Picked up at the end. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, Lagunita sucks. This one kind of does. I mean, it doesn't suck, but it's no. kind of... Me, they've made better beers. I I get you. I get you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's one I have had it before. It's an it's kind of an interesting story, if I'm not mistaken. It's they their brown sugar is like a they're a winter seasonal that is huge, hugely popular. And then one year they didn't make it, and in lieu of that, they made Lagunita sucks. Because um, I think that was some of the feedback they were getting when people were banking on getting brown sugar. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, kind of a fun, uh, clever spin on um, the uh, the hate they were probably getting on whatever social media existed at the time. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, you know. yeah. Way to f- uh, bite back, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Biting back. <laughs> Way to bite back and all... Sp- while simultaneously delivering on your promise of sucking. <laughs> Fucks. Well, all right. Explicit tag. Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, um, so, yes. Yeah. Um, so now that we got the beers out of the way, unless you got more to talk about. Uh, no, I was saying my can was fucked up earlier. One of the nice things about working at a brewery now, um, not only can oh, I drink damage cans. Yeah, not only can I drink uh, free beer while I'm there, but I can take home all of the uh, dimpled cans, damaged and uh, the low fills and the mislabels. You know, this is one of the perks of the job. That's right. So yeah, having a, a nice coffee break. Coffee break. Yeah. Uh, have you ever got like this when you drink a coffee, like a coffee, not like a coffee stout or anything, but like a coffee, um, one that is 
mainly done as a coffee instead of a beer. You know what I mean? Hmm. Does do you get a caffeine jolt out of them at all? Ever? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think alcohol is stronger than caffeine. I'm not. Sh- I I have no reason to think that necessarily, but I just I don't know. I, um, I've had uh, a lot of coffee, beers, and the only thing I usually feel is drunk. So, well, I mean, if you think about like the Red Bull and vodka, but it's like, nice thing. to feel something. Um, oh, you know what I mean? Where God. you get that kind yeah. of, um, nullifying effect where, you know, you don't get, <laughs> well that, um, I'm sure we've talked about this on Mavs more times than anyone wanted to hear it's the, the, the story no one asked for. Um, we used to drink <laughs> monster vodka all the time and right. it was seriously like the lights are on. Yes. Like the caffeine kept you going, but you check yeah. like lights are on. Nobody's home. Yeah, so. that's uh, well. That yeah, I mean that from what I've heard of uh, many many friends, close friends of mine that uh, uh, maybe in college they did maybe a little bit of uh, the white stuff. And hell that would yeah, be brother. A, yes, and they're Nullifying. done that. Same kind of thing. Drink all you want. Well, that stuff is. Uh, well, I guess it depends, but that stuff will get you going. <laughs> Get Monster, you going right out sure. of right out of school. Thanks a lot, Coca Cola. Uh, uh, anyways, that's not actually why. Uh, it was my fault. Um, let's let's leave cocaine. You know, it's good reputation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's not yeah. dis- let's not, disparage. Yeah, let's not drag let's not drag that pristine white powder through the mud. Through the mud. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was my fault. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, I've definitely, like, I don't know. And maybe it was a time and a place thing, too, where I don't even see necessarily a lot of, I think people younger than me are like, yeah, of course Red Bull and vodka is disgustingly bad for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think it was just, we were, we, like, hit the right the right demo we were the right demographic at the right time it wasn't bad for you at, at the time and place you were doing it, it oh perfect. no yeah absolutely it was it's awesome an all-nighter yeah it was awesome <laughs> and uh but i think people now are like uh yeah of course that's bad i th- i'll just drink a vodka soda thank you <laughs> like, boring <laughs> Yeah, but have you ever had 50 Cent High Life's? <laughs> You're going to need some vodka Red Bulls after that. That's right. That's right. Anyways, right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, beer-wise, same old song and dance. I'm just really excited to... Uh, we got a lot of movies to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, I because yes, we were going to get deep into John Carpenter, but there's a couple of things you sent out a tweet earlier in the week, uh, a YouTube link for Cabin in the Woods. Oh and, yes, yes, yes. Which was really cool. It kind of it showed all the influences mm-hmm. it had, and like it showed like all the homages or homages it paid to different uh, movies in the genre, in the horror genre. And so it is, since it is uh, Halloween Eve. Uh, 
I figured why why not. Um, so I decided to hey I'm going to watch it uh, again, and mm. I did watch it again. And there nice. was one point that was a very good point that the 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 YouTube. I mean, you know, yes, it you could be a a, a movie nerd and just sit there and pick and choose and see what all the influences are and i in yes obviously they took great care in trying to pay all that off and stuff but one of the great things that they mentioned and this is a spoiler for this but you know whatever we do for spoilers i don't i'm not sure where we are on that um uh but i think you all shop at your own risk here Yes, and the people who listen to this, if you haven't watched Cabin in the Woods, you shouldn't be listening to this, so go ahead and delete it, this uh, podcast you. from your app, whichever app you're listening to, do it on. But keep us on the app, the other app. Yeah, subscribe, yeah. rate, and comment. So tell we get to tell your so friends. download. Yeah. Um, but uh, the one great point that they brought up was that the, uh, the, the well, what do they call them, the... Uh, uh, the the people or the the things down below the the um where the other not the others the uh the ancient ones right yes yeah all right that they actually it was a stand-in for audience mm-hmm. the audience yes where um you know the the ancient ones if if you didn't get the kills in the right order if you didn't do uh, the the necessary uh, cliches you didn't um, give them the things that are required in a, in a horror movie mm-hmm. with some twist and the odd that the ancient ones will reject it and and ruin the movie right yeah or ruin the world which in this context is we are the audience we are the ancient ones we're watching this if you don't give us our you know our uh, virgin our boobs yeah. Are uh, yeah. you know uh, all the all the cliches that we will reject it, and I thought that was I never ever put that together with that, and I thought it was just a very well done point, and maybe yeah. you had said it before and it just never stuck with me. But no, like, I, um, I've gotten to that cl- conclusion before, but it was not like it was another video that told me I definitely did not pick that up on my own. Um, yeah. Because, because it's just yeah, it's a great understanding of of the function of that. Um, and and, and it's it is for real. I mean, yeah. and it, even for this movie in and of itself, it's like there's kind of there's a lot of layers to it because you know, okay, we're making fun of this genre and we're trying we're kind of lampooning it, but we're still mm-hmm. treating it as a real thing. And this is how we're doing it. And like you know, all the people in the booths and you know the they're the directors the mm-hmm. you know the production you know the executive pr- uh, producers and all that stuff the you know all that stuff and it's like there's layers of kind of it's just a very well done mo- i think this movie i mean this could be a thesis for a film major i think like you could break this movie down and and really um, i'm sure you could get very esoteric with it but like mm-hmm. i think there's a lot there to unpack and i'm sure that uh I, like i i never i i do want to like see if i can get i'd like to see if i can find a uh uh an interview with joss whedon or you know mm-hmm. uh uh what's his name True uh yes um and and just kind of unpack their mind and see see what they uh yeah yeah Absolutely. Uh, just get to the bottom uh, of it. Yeah. 
Really good movie. I, I, <laughs> I you know, we've, we've sang its praise X amount of times now. So Yeah. Yeah. I just, I thought it was just a clever, uh, a clever thing that never kind of yeah. came to me. So, yeah. Uh, and it is. Cabin. I've, I've spent a little time diving into some, uh, some reviews from some people who, um, like what killed the Friday the 13th franchise, what ruined this franchise, this franchise. And there really are fans out there who are like, there was a guy who basically gave a 35 minute dissertation on why, um, Jason goes to hell shouldn't be considered Canon and is an abomination to, to an otherwise, you know, prestigious slasher, uh, franchise. And it's like, (laughs) Uh, Have you seen Friday Thirteenth Eight? Yeah. Well, that that was uh, that was his point of contention. Was after Jason takes Manhattan, um, New Line Cinema bought the rights, and it just wasn't the same. And it's just like, man, um, not. I, it, we, he could argue that to what we were talking after, about. Yeah. Anything after the second one was like, like garbage, right? Oh, Jason didn't even have his hockey mask until the third one. And that's what I mean. <laughs> and I keep trying to try to tell my son that. Yeah, but he doesn't get it. Like he digs. He like, and he's never watched anything. He just knows it from like YouTube memes or whatever those things are. I'm officially old. So. Well, look, you didn't call it a meme, so you're you're gonna be okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, All I know is yeah. that the Jeffs aren't. Uh, they're, they're not as good as some memes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love a good meme. Love one. <laughs> but what one thing that uh, Cabin in the Woods did, and, mm-hmm. I, and I th- not that it set out to do this, but it was uh, it was an homage. But it all it also like had to, it tried to make the uh, the horror genre step up and make better stuff. And yeah. I think I mean since then we've got some really good even artistic uh, horror stuff, you know, movies that we both really enjoyed. I think, you know, Don't Mm -hmm. Breathe is a a really good, uh, more of a thriller. Yeah. But, like, it follows, obviously, is, like, probably in my top five of all-time horror movies. I mean, It Follows is is a great argument for um, putting Carpenter-esque in in the dictionary, in the lexicon. That's right. That's right. So, Um, yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so Cabin in the Woods, uh, check it out. It's not streaming anywhere, but I'm sure you could find it um, if you really, really, really wanted to. Yes, absolutely. That's one of, uh, there's a short list of movies that I actually own physical copies of. And I've tried to, um, I'm, I'm sure I've talked about back in the day, going to peruse the like $4 Best Buy bin of like movies I haven't even seen. And now with, with streaming and everything being so readily available, I have a very short, very carefully curated list of movies that I don't want to deal with buffering. I just want to sit down and watch this movie. So, yeah, that is one That's of a good them. point. Yeah. And in case the zombie apocalypse does happen, yeah, you can sit down with your generator and still watch these movies. Yep. Heck to the yes. <laughs> that would be that'd be brutal because yeah. like between like watching. Um, running the Blu-ray player, running your TV, 
I'm in the tub, so I've got to run a fan. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that goes out. I'm like, well, now what? <laughs> <laughs> Should we even try? Should we just kill ourselves? Like, is this what? <laughs> yeah, I, like, I know everyone, like, expects to be, like, the last survivors in the mm-hmm. zombie apocalypse. Like, most of us aren't going to be. Like, no, there's only if, one final, final yeah, survivor. That's right. Uh, but yeah, it's, no, it, it's it's always funny. Everyone, I think we we all do it too. Like especially like people who are into genre stuff. You always think like, what would I do? How would this? Like, yeah. You know. Chances are you're getting your hamstring cut, and oh, you're oh. sacrificed early. Yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> Those, yeah. But it's just Those like are the, the lucky like, ones. Yeah, the like, you know, the the argument for well, if there was you know a good citizen with a gun, what if he got shot first yeah. before he knew anything was happening? That's right. Like, there's always this this hypothetical or, of no, like this John Wayne motherfucker. Prepared, yeah, the most prepared guy. He's like running down to his uh, his bomb shelter and like runs too quick and like trips on the step right. and breaks his neck. Yeah, he's <laughs> sitting there going, oh, no, no. <laughs> It wasn't supposed uh, um, to be like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's do some assignments real quick, and then we'll yeah. get into Carpenter. Yeah, we're sounds gonna, good. We got, um, and we are going to do some – I hope you guys do like this uh, kind of uh, director kind of – I know I tried to do a little bit yeah. earlier with uh, Fincher, but I think that we're going to do this a little bit so we can um, do like, a, like one episode and just kind of – not examine one film in particular, but like kind of do their whole oeuvre. Yeah. Um, the the so, collected works as they yeah. were. Uh, we're going to do uh, once a month, we're going to try to hit a, hit a director or maybe hit a genre or some, something. Um, but each month we're going to do some, uh, some heavy duty uh, research and mm-hmm. film watching uh, specific to a, uh, a director or genre or whatever we're going to do, or maybe even an actor or actress yeah. that uh, we like. And, uh, but uh, I think maybe the last episode of this month coming out of November, we're going to try to do it and we'll see how it works. Um, uh, yeah. Do we want to, yeah, might as well tell them, right? Yeah. Why? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's part of the fun is you can kind of keep up with us and yeah. Uh, so it's going to be an easy one for for most of the people listening, I'm sure is uh, we're gonna do John Hughes at the end of this month because he does a lot of, well, he does like he does thanks he's the only one with a, like an official Thanksgiving movie, right? Planes, trains, and automobiles, a thanks yeah Thanksgiving movie, right? The only w- real one, um, only and one plus of, yeah. uh, he does a lot of uh, holiday uh, themed movies as well. So yeah. we're gonna hit that, and in the week or er, then. December, we're going to do Shane Black, who is notorious for having his films, most of his films, uh, uh, centered around uh, Christmas. Yes. So, um, as far as his writing, uh, writing goes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're going to do that, and let us know what you think, and weigh in, please. Let us know what you think. Or, yeah, absolutely. You know, or if you have an idea for us to do something, uh, we'd appreciate that as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of creativity uh, takes a toll on us and our families, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's it's destroying the fabric of basically all all relationships yeah. we have with people who aren't the two of us. That's right. <laughs> it's making ours our relationship strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> just those around us are crumbling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are things with your significant other? Never been better. Molly yeah. hates me, though. Okay. So, okay, yeah. Um, we got some movies. A movie I talked about a little bit ago uh, that I wanted you to watch, and I know we've had a lot to watch here in the last couple of weeks. So, Heck yeah. Uh, but finally, I want you to watch it. It's uh, Upgrade uh, from this year, 2018. Yes. Uh, uh Anxious to see what you think. I really liked it, so uh, yeah, I'm no looking pressure. forward to it. I've heard really good things from both you and uh, Mr. Uh, friend of the show Anderson. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, our, yep. bu- our buddy that. Andy. Um, yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so look, I'm not, I'm not ready to uh, give up the ghost so soon, as it were. Uh, so next week, um, I want you to watch, and and we can talk about. Hereditary. Also, yes. Also yes. From, I've been from looking forward to this, this for a yes. while. So, yes, I another one of those movies I wanted to get in. So, yeah, I'm anxious to see that. Mm-hmm. Creepy AF. Yeah. That's what I hear. Yes. I am looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to watching it. Looking forward to discussing it. <sighs> it's going down. All right. Um, oh, real, real quick before mm-hmm. we get into. Uh, I saw a preview for a Netflix original mm. starring Sandra Bullock. All right. Okay. So remember, um, what is it? Uh, so far, a quiet I'm out. place. Okay. Right. Yes. This is. I recall. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it the preview was, if you were outside, you had to be blindfolded. Whoa. Okay, uh, Sandra, Sandra Bullock's a tough sell, but that premise is interesting. <laughs> yes, well, like I like Sandy. Uh, I can call her Sandy because you know we have a thing you guys are going friends. way back. Yeah, I have watched most of her movies, but mm-hmm. um, it it's, it feels like a such a blatant ripoff of a Quiet Place, like because mm-hmm. you can't talk while you're outside. This one you can't see. Like, what's the next thing? No smelling. Yeah, I yeah. guess that was. Uh, that was uh, what's the the Marky Mark one? Oh um, yeah, um, the, the M Shyamalan Night. one. Fuck, what was that? It's not the village. The happening. The happening. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Taste can't taste anything. Yeah, you have to go to restaurants, but you can't. You can't taste. Yeah, uh, yeah. Check if you get a chance to watch the trailer for that. I'm sure you can see it on the YouTube. Uh, or not YouTube, uh, Netflix. Uh, it's a yeah, I think a Netflix original come out in December, I believe, twenty first, December twenty first. Anyways, uh, uh, oh, uh, recommendation for listeners. What do you got? Yes. All right. Uh, I have The Kingdom from two thousand and seven. Yeah. Um, an okay movie, but a really um, exciting third act. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember this this movie came out in a time where I was going to the movies a lot uh, to kill time because everyone else was getting an education and preparing <laughs> for the future. Um, <laughs> so I remember seeing this on a uh, I think it might have been probably the like end of summer movie. Um, 
seeing this in a theater of like maybe eight to ten people in like the early afternoon. Right. And um, the uh, it's not a bad movie by any stretch, but the last um, like 30 minutes are worth the price of admission wholeheartedly. Um, Jamie Foxx, uh, Jennifer Garner, uh, what's his name? Jason Bateman and Chris Cooper. Yeah. I always like Chris Cooper. In yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's um, that is oh. streaming on Netflix. Um, Look at that. We got a, I mean, well, Jeremy Piven, bleh, but Richard Jenkins is in it. Mm-hmm. We got. Uh, Who's that guy? Uh, <laughs> Kyle Chandler. Um, oh, Danny Hudson. Uh, I, you know him from 30 Days of Night. Mm-hmm. Head Vampire. Yeah. Well, Mink, Jeremy Mink Piven Kelly. is. Oh, hello. Uh, Jeremy Piven is great in this because he is exactly what you. He should be. Yeah. He's exactly what you want from him to be. Yeah. I don't think I've seen this movie. Uh, we're checking out. All right. I like we'll it. We'll do. Yeah. If you have I'll have a little free time, um, there's some some good stuff in there. And uh, it's a shame that uh, that Ryan has such a strong dis- disdain for Jamie Foxx because I think he'd, he'd enjoy this movie too. Yeah, I'm not sure why he hates him so much. I don't know. don't know. I'm not a big fan uh, of his to be like – to be completely honest, I've never seen anything of his and been like, wow, Jamie Foxx. Um, no, that's not entirely true. He was really good in Ray, but I don't think that he's done anything really before or after. Like, I never found his stand-up that funny. I Django was like... Oh, I liked I, him in Django. I, yeah, but like, just knowing that Will Smith was Quentin Tarantino's first choice is mm. so... like. Oh my God! What would that movie have looked like? You know what? Will and Smith's I career think... would have taken a way different turn than what it's like been lately. Yeah, maybe Jamie Foxx would have been in Bright. Yeah, that's right. But uh, uh, yeah. yeah, so, so yeah. Well, I'm sure you heard. I was on the uh, the plantation that they filmed uh, some sequence, the Candyland sequences of Django, right? Which are yeah. the best best parts of that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that would. Is definitely interesting. Um, yeah. it, like the opulence and stuff, I'm sure that would. Or the. Not opulence, the. What's the word I'm looking for? You tell me. Um, no, I, the, I, I think you're right. The, the, the like old American wealth. Yeah. 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 Where, you know, you get the disparity. Like, how could you. Uh, what's the. the uh, everything comes back to either movies or superheroes or both. Yeah. Um, how could you guys, how could you live? So uh, would Catwoman say to Bruce Wayne, uh, how could you sit here and live so big or something like that? Well, you said know. I'm adaptable. What's that? She said I'm adaptable. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's all I really remember of her. Her, um, yeah, she said something to the fact that like, how could you, how could y'all, like, live? Uh, I don't. Know, how could you like have so much wealth and not expect us, uh, while everyone else like had so little, mm-hmm. or you know, something to that effect? You know, like how how could it go any other way than like, you know, with great wealth and stuff while treating yeah. your, um, you know, I don't know. Whatever, yeah. it's a soapbox. I don't want to get on it. Well, I'm going to get off it now. Yeah, it's like it's like Tupac said. Like, if, if first we'll we'll knock on the door gently, saying we're hungry, 
we want something to eat. And now we're going to knock that door down. Paraphrasing. Um, no, uh, just for in case anyone who's listening to this who doesn't listen to Mavs, um, uh, obviously that's a huge part of American history. Um, I, Mavs? Uh, yeah, and uh, also plantations and, and slavery. Um, Mavs, a little more important, a little more entertaining, uh, a lot more yes. bitching. Yes. <laughs> But um, definitely go to the Whitney, not the other one. Right? Yes, yeah. The, so, so I, I actually kind of find it gross that there's, um, like the, this profiting off of this like really ugly part of history. Like something about it, just not even something about it. That that rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> what um, if it's like some like the people who want like really want to go to the wedding, their wedding there, are just like super racist. Like, oh, we got this place. It's gonna be great. Let's go to this <laughs> plantation. I don't doubt that those people exist, um, but to paint with a broad brush, I doubt they could afford it. <laughs> could you imagine being that? Oh yeah, that racist and just yeah. be like, "Oh, we're gonna get our, we're gonna marry, and we're gonna go to a plantation." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but the, the, yeah, for the people who who didn't, the crossover people we don't have. Or the people who don't cross over, um, the Whitney Plantation. If you're ever down in Louisiana and you want to have a um, unapologetic, accurate portrayal of what being a slave in America what was not necessarily like, but the the conditions and the the mentality that that is bred between you know the the slave masters and the slaves and the all sorts of tactics they use just really informative really does not shy away from the ugliness i think what i said uh, about it was it it's um it's an important part of american history and it should be preserved in its ugly the ugly state that it was so yeah they did a fantastic job of that shout out ali great tour guide good job ali yeah um not not exactly like um our friends Rob and Jess are coming down. Not gonna be like we gotta go to the Whitney Plantation. Oh, you we're guys gonna, wait for this. We're gonna have some fun, um, but very thought provoking and very. Um, if you do want to do something like that, that is, it it will make you think and it will make you feel things. And uh, the other place we went, someone was like, "Well, I think they have gator sliders at the gift shop." <laughs> wow, fuck you. My favorite, uh, my favorite part of coming to see you guys down, uh, or you in particular, and then with Low at Maddie your Patty. place, yeah, um, and was getting to have some gator down there, oh, some yeah. fried gator, all kinds of gator, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. It's not bad, not bad at all. It tastes like pork. <laughs> tastes like the other white meat. Yeah. Anyways, uh, for me, um, I'm going to recommend um, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Stream nice. on Netflix. I think no, it's streaming on Amazon Prime. I think. Yes, I think streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, so I did a rewatch of Full Metal Jacket. I was uh, sometimes during the day when I'm working, I just throw on a movie so I can listen to it while and not <clears throat> and just listen to dialogue. And that's a great movie to listen to dialogue a lot of tarantino movies are like that for me too where because mm-hmm. i know them so well uh you don't really have to look at the visuals but 
I w- listened probably to the first half or the first. Actually, it's the first forty-five minutes almost exactly is the whole uh, Paris Island mm-hmm. um, the scene, and that's what most people think of when watching this movie. And I highly recommend people watch this movie again. Not on my recommendation, but uh, look at it at, at kind of a different way. Like take the first act and what it is and what it's for. It, um, it's Kubrick doing just a kind of like a shock value type of thing. Like I think he was trying to like uh, explain or just kind of like examine the, you know, what we do to our young, our youth and mm-hmm. like what, you know, in uh, to, to protect our, whatever however you look at our military and however you look at uh but like we do some horrible things to the people uh who we think of is our future in order for them to protect us and and thank god they do because we've gotten this point you know i'm not trying to say not trying to disparage the no not at all but you think about how we break them down to a point where they are a killing machine Mm -hmm. and like and um and I think Kubrick was kind of exploring that, and mm-hmm. uh, but I I I I would honestly ask, other than Arlie Ermey, who was amazing, but he wasn't acting; he was just playing himself. Yeah, he's the he had the, the tools. acting in this movie is the worst. It's <laughs> it's not not the worst, but it is not very good. Mm-hmm. But the the cinematography and the shots that are come out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean the dialogue's stiff. It's it uh I mean Matthew Modine is one of my least favorite actors ever and because he's the main part of this movie and like I never believe him for one second but the everything going around him the second part of this movie or maybe even the last two thirds of this movie mm-hmm. is pretty intense and like if you really examine it like I know most people it's kind of maybe uh uh, maybe Goodfellas is one of those movies where, like, you can break it up into sections. Mm-hmm. You know, him growing up, or you know, but you don't. Th- you think of like the last, you know, him running from the cops, his coke days and stuff, as a different kind of movie. You know, than them being gangsters and like, uh, you know, doing other stuff. But like that, the end I would of say the, the same life. thing for a Full Metal Jacket. Like the second part of this is a totally different movie. It's so intense and so very. Um, uh, it's just very visceral and very unnerving. And there's some really good shots in this movie. This movie could have been filmed last week. It and if you watch it on a good TV, because like this movie was in 1986. This is an old movie. And there's some movies. I mean, hell, I watched what was it, Ghosts of Mars this week? Yeah. Or last week, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. That look. That was in. What nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine? Maybe no, two thousand, right? Two thousand one. So yeah, I think it made it into the new uh, the new century. Like it looks like oh one, yeah. <laughs> this full metal jacket looks so much better, and that was his, you know, attention to detail, attention to shots, you know, film stock, that kind of stuff. Like he was a perfectionist. Kubrick was right. Um, you know, when you see certain movies that like this by almost 30 years looks better than, you know, mm-hmm. and so it, it is worth it for that. So just, if you get a chance, watch full metal jacket again. Yes. Enjoy the Paris Island scenes and stuff. Enjoy that. Enjoy Arlie army, but also look at the second part of this movie, which is very impactful. And it, I have an extra appreciation for it. Nice, nice, nice. 
Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a while since I since I last saw this. Uh, but yeah, it is on Amazon Prime. If you are yep. if you're ready, um, I'll probably try and go back to it. Uh, your little uh, your your pep talk sold me. I'm in. Okay, great. I'm glad. Um, All right. Yeah. So, oh, also, also <laughs> I said to anyone who doesn't cross over, to all our crossover listeners, you just heard me tell the same story twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you're welcome. Yes. Well, if you listen and liked it the first time, yeah. that much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're probably like n- new layers. Their significant other saying, oh, do you remember this? This is, remember that? Remember you told this story? It's kind of a it's kind of a slavery victory lap, I would say, is me retelling that story. Uh, sometimes I really do like think think the things I say through. Like, uh, well, I'm going for it. <laughs> Let's just do it. Yeah. Uh, I I honestly do like. It. I just imagine you know just some racist beyond belief person being like. <laughs> We're doing this. I found the best place. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's uh, sad because it's because I believe that they're out there, and I don't even know if they're racist enough to do that. I I just bet there's someone who has been <laughs> like someone who I imagine like two years ago was a moderate right winged person and just the the authoritative left has pushed them so far they're mm. like <laughs> well, <laughs> you know yeah. what these we... you know what these queer ass snowflakes will hate hmm. <laughs> getting married at oak alley yeah, and then yeah. They well get the, we kind of saw it <laughs> and then they get the uh, bill and it's like wow racism is too expensive <laughs> that's what turns them that's mm-hmm. what gets them back they're like oh <sighs> you know what we should all get along yeah <laughs> Maybe they do an upcharge on on uh, the clan wedding. God, uh, I think we all agree that they were a nice idea. Uh, all right, well, let's get into anyways. Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's let's stop building a case against ourselves when someone isolates these clips. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John Carpenter. Yeah. Okay. So. Let me let me first um, admit a bit of ignorance or uh, just kind of dismissal because so pretty much all of John Carpenter's movies start with John Carpenter's blank. Yes, right? and to be honest, I like I I enjoy I I really 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 like Halloween. Really like Halloween. Yes. Um, and I really love the thing, but other than that, like I kind of put him and Wes Craven in the same kind of category and like, and coming into, um, this week's research, I really dismissed John Carpenter. And I think a couple weeks ago when I said, Oh, John Carpenter scored this. I'm like, and you're like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> and you know, you you were very nice about it, but yes, you should have been a little bit more dismissive of me. Um, like I, I got through all the research that I did. I have a, a lot more appreciation of John Carpenter because awesome. Pretty much, I dismissed a lot of his stuff because of the 
name above the credits thing mm-hmm. where I and I I felt that he was more of a money grab type guy and I've seen a I've seen a lot of his stuff. I mean, yeah. um, I did get a chance to watch some of the stuff I I hadn't got a chance to watch, but I I had seen probably f- fifty to sixty percent of his movies mm-hmm. going into this, but I n- didn't really and a lot of it was you know being young and seeing the scary stuff or. Um, not really appreciating what he was doing, and yeah. um, I, I got a better appreciation. And I hope that Dude, what we awesome. do here tonight, we can kind of push people into watching some more of its stuff. Because honestly, it's not, it's not really readily available. Like I have access to a lot of streaming platforms, mm-hmm. and you have to really juggle between the couple just to get a lot of it. Um, but if I think that if you go into it with a certain mind frame, and it's weird because and I think we'll get into this, but his film style, and depending on the money he has, is so dramatically different from film to film. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's hard to. There's certain arc or certain things that he does that is you can tell. It's a John Carpenter movie, but a lot of the movies, when they start, you don't, you can't really tell that it is. If they feel very different. Yeah, I do. I I agree that I I think that there isn't any one. Um. Like he he's not someone who's just goes back to the well. It's like this worked, so let's go ahead and do this again. Um. And obviously he does have a style and, and the things that he's most famous for, I mean, uh, it, it follows is an incredibly, um, like the most recent and, and I think one of the best examples of, um, I don't want to say aping cause I feel like it, it was, well, I guess homage, um, to the style that Halloween is in. And I think that yeah. Halloween being his like most one of his most seen movies that that that's probably when you talk about his style, you talk about the suspense he creates in, in the movie Halloween. Um, but he just, I don't know. I I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think that it's tough to nail down, especially the more stuff of his you watch. Um, it's not just, uh, okay, this is Halloween again, but this time instead of Michael Myers, it's, this or that. yeah uh, um and like it's not <clears throat> i've seen i've watched a lot of interviews with him here recently mm-hmm. uh and a lot of like people dissecting his movies and stuff and he's never he never like he has something to say but for the most part he looks down on the auteurs or mm-hmm. the people who think too highly of themselves he's trying to get an emotion out of you. I think that was one of the things he said, like Mm -hmm. get an emotion. It's, uh, and like, if there's one thing that I've talked about movies and we talked about last week, it's just, yes, get an emotion. Did you feel something? And Mm -hmm. like, I think that's the most important part about movies. And I think he and I are simpatico when it comes to, uh, that, uh, give me a second. My dog's eating a Nerf gun. Oh no. Brad's uh, extensive armory is getting uh, torn into uh, by by Wally. 
There's, I'll, I'll have to ask him when he when he gets back on here. But there's like a lens flare, very very Michael Bay. Hey, huh? um, I was just uh, I was just telling everyone, literally tens of people, about the uh, you you have like a nice little lens flare going on. Oh, do I? Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. Right? <laughs> yeah. I very, set that shot up. Very Michael Bay. Very. Yeah. Just wait. I'm gonna give you some smoke. Uh oh. Ooh. And some robot dick. Sick. Oh. Awesome. And oh, nice. Groupers. There we go. Ah, I see you you were able to find the flare immediately. Is that? Oh. Gone that. back. Yeah. You, you got my, it. Well, that's just my best angle. Yeah, you've well, you've got an eye. You've got an eye for uh Oh, ca- that's something I want to talk to you about. The camera that, loves but. you and you love it back. There you yes. go. All right. Um, um hmm. yeah, so Wally, and when you were talking about it follows, I yes. actually, I mean, as much as I like the thing, and I, I love the thing, not love, I like the thing a lot, like love, like Halloween a lot, mm-hmm. Halloween. I think his best movie is <coughs> is It Follows. That's his John Carpenter's <laughs> best movie, and <laughs> I like because I love that movie so much, and right. because it's. It steals from it, or not steals, but you, you said it already, homage to it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, someone studied Halloween. Yeah. Oh, and studied a lot of their other, his other or, Sure, too. yeah, I mean, he's he's great at building suspense in, in all of his, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, I think we stay, maybe, can we, should we stay away from, like, the Snake Plissken stuff? Yeah. Or do we should we get into that too? Yeah, I mean I was I I definitely put my focus on horror this That's a, I tried this too this time well. around. Obviously he's I mean Escape from New York's a pretty fun movie. Assault on Precinct thirteen, pretty solid movie. Um yes. but yeah, I I gravitated towards um being being at uh, all Hallows Eve and all. Uh, gravitated towards his uh, his horror work. All right. Why don't we – should we do this chronologically? Should we start – I mean, I did you watch Dark Star? Do you want to uh, – No. All right. No. And uh, we're not going to talk about Assault on Precinct 13. So why don't we uh, talk a little bit about Halloween then? That's yeah, absolutely. That's his next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the movie we kind of alluded to last week with um, – with uh, Rob Zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I I think uh this was I would not assume I would assume um maybe wrongfully, I guess we'll find out. Not just myself, but most people's introduction to Carpenter is 78's Halloween. It's a staple, it's a it's a go-to um and it's uh well, I think you know Halloween before you know Carpenter, right? Sure, yeah. It, it's bigger than his name. The rest of the movies are Absolutely. maybe the thing is maybe there, but Halloween it stands on its own mm-hmm. without being Carpenter uh, because it's had so many remakes, re- sequels, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, you're familiar with it as a as a franchise, as a right. you know the way that people know Michael and Freddie and Jason without necessarily knowing. Yeah. They they're they're in the um the zeitgeist I guess right so uh yeah I 
I think this is a movie that just is so um so well done uh and and does such a good job of uh creating suspense uh through and creating atmosphere through uh score <clears throat> which John Carpenter did the score of um and I think I mentioned this in a week or in weeks past about um Lost my pen. Um, <laughs> sorry, I know the suspense was killing everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a week or weeks past, I was talking about how um, score would come up. This was a movie that when they were test screening Halloween, before Carpenter had written score, people hated it. They couldn't stand it. Um, so the score is such an integral part of this movie um, that I just kind of love that this is a guy who's been um, – He's made two feature-length films to this point prior to this, um, but he still, to make a successful movie, he kind of has to do it all. Um, he, yeah. He co-writing, directing, and scoring this movie, that this is really, I feel like, one of the places where you get the best idea of Carpenter, and maybe that's why that this later becomes synonymous with John Carpenter. Right, um, and well, and you talked about score it being um, that I heard some uh, within some of the interviews and stuff, the bump, 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 you know, like keeps it, it keeps mm-hmm. repeating itself. And what that does and whether he meant to do this or not, it's like the same, it's what is it? Four or five time. And it's, yeah. And it's, it continues. It's just like, like kind of a loop. And, and what it does is it puts the audience a little bit on edge mm-hmm. and it's, it's waiting for it to change, like go into the next thing. Cause it's like the same couple notes yeah. over and over and over and again. It like keeps going. It like goes up and down in uh, octaves or in, yeah. uh, so in, uh, unusual uh, time signature and your brain craves patterns. It's going to, yes. it puts you on edge. Yes. And it, it, you're waiting for it to get to the point where it, it changes that the note pattern and it, <laughs> Honestly, like, uh, it it doesn't do it until it does it, and it does it like crazy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then it goes back to it. Like he he's good. He's like a really good. He's like a a Floyd Mayweather when it, with this movie. You know, he picks his time whenever yeah, he comes. He knows in. when he needs to swing on you. Yes. No, oh, I was thinking more of like just throwing money great, around and great defensive fight. Arrogant asshole. Oh, not a good reader, John Carpenter. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, he's a very like he's selective in his punches. Like, he yeah, never, never goes for the whole haymaker. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever until he needs to do it, and um, this movie is a great example of that. Where Absolutely. it's just like jab, jab, and jab, and you go back into your de- defensive position. You're always on edge, waiting, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, yeah, that's why this movie's so great. And um, sorry, I'm hogging all the mic time. Um, no, no, you're good. You're not. Uh, this is where a, a lot of these movie cliches come from, you know, yeah. like we, the it, movie scream and, um, it is all, a like, standard bearer. Yes. It's like you, you watch this movie now and maybe you see a little bit of a cliche. You're like, Oh, I know what's going to happen next. I know what's going to happen next because it's cliche. Mm-hmm. But up until this point, it wasn't it this exist, is the yeah. standard bearer. I mean, this is, um, this, Oh, well, <laughs> bit telling that these are some of my 
all-time favorites, but like this Chainsaw and Psycho are responsible for the modern slasher subgenre of horror. Um, and so, and this one is, is far and away as assaulting as Chainsaw is. This one is the most violent as far as stuff that you don't infer on your own that actually shows you it. Um, yeah, but like not a drop of blood. No. Yeah. Still, again, I mean, chainsaw is the same. You'd never actually see anyone get cut up with the chainsaw. People just, it, it's one of the brilliant things that, um, I mean, Hitchcock was famous for it was the, the, what you can't, what you can, what you can imagine the is gaps so much worse that, than yeah, I can show you. Exactly. Yeah. The gaps that your brain fills in are going to be so much more dramatic. And that's a great, I mean, Chainsaw is a great case study. Um, but Halloween's another one because people think that it's this violent, gory, like, you know, there is, you do see similar to Psycho. You see the, the arm raise up, you see the knife, but you never actually are really watching someone get carved up. You're just so un uneasy or on edge and be it the framing of the shots be it the the jump scare the the score having you you know off kilter uh, it's just so it's such an effective movie and it has one of my all-time favorite jump scares um i was watching something about jump scares actually on youtube i should have i i felt like i was doing a good job but now that i'm talking about it that's the most on brand thing you've ever said what I was watching a YouTube video about yeah. jump scares. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's who I am. Um, there was a rap song in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it was set to a nice yeah. beat. Yeah, there's sick beat. Like there was some real beef, some some real street shit going on that I had nothing to do with, but I was following closely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was watching a YouTube video about about. Um, dissecting jump scares and what makes them effective and why they're annoying in modern horror. Um, but what they were talking about was when movies now have a tendency to when there's a jump scare, it ends up being like the neighbor's cat or the, um, you know, your your friend was the one walking around upstairs and, and he startled you. And it's like they teach you not to be afraid of it. It's just a loud noise that catches you off guard. Um, when in older movies, when there was an actual jump scare, it was something you were supposed to be afraid of. So there's a scene um, where I almost said Freddy. Uh, there's a scene <laughs> where Michael is in the backseat of a car and he pops up. And for the countless amount of times I've seen this movie, I would say it from 2010 to today, it's caught me off guard. I would, at least three times. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's it's so effective. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I was watch or I was talking to my sister in law, mm -hmm. uh, Ryan's wife, and my wife and her, they go and walk the dogs in the morning before uh, they just to get them just to get a little exercise and to take the dogs out, get them a little tired for the day. Sure. And she had watched Halloween mm -hmm. uh, the night before. Um, my wife was away uh, last week when, when my wife was away when we were doing bedcast. Bed pop. And, <laughs> bedcast. And I love um, it. so that morning, I let the dog out. And I Who let the sleep. dogs out? I did. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and 
she was legitimately legitimately freaked out because she had watched the original Halloween the night before, and I let my dog out, and he was kind of creeping around, mm-hmm. um, and he scared the shit out of her. So yeah, it's still effective. It I is, mean, yeah. You know, forty years later. Yeah, and that's I I feel chainsaws the same way. I feel um, Friday the Thirteenth, the original one, is the same way, where they're. There are so many elements that date these movies, but the principles, the the filmmaking tactics that they use are still effective today because it 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 affects you on on a very like base, very very primal level. Its yeah. job is to make you uneasy, and it succeeds in that. And when it succeeds in that, it doesn't matter that the special effects are a little hokey or the you know, the film grain like clearly states that this was in the late seventies, early eighties. Like, well, and but that's the thing with this movie. Like, you you have to take it a little bit in context for what sure. it, what it is and what it's doing. And I know, yes, you ha- like it. It can take away from it a little bit. And but like, if you go into it with a clear mind, because this movie wasn't like the the best grossing independent movie for years and years. Like because like. And like, how do you do that? Like, how how do you make something that um, something that is lasting for forty years? You know, that people are still aping and trying to uh, master. Yeah, I it it's crazy. And like when you talk, like I think Carpenter's really reducing it to its most simple. But he talks about when he's sitting down talking, when they're trying to come up ideas. He's like, well, what's scary? It's like, oh, babysitting. Uh, alone late at night. It was like, well, you know, what else? Was like, well, Halloween, scariest night of the year. <laughs> and like, all right, let's write a movie about babysitting on Halloween. Yeah. And like, I'm sure he's, you know, like I said, oversimplifying it a little bit, but that, you know, simplicity is the key to brilliance. And I think yeah. we see that a lot, like w- with filmmaking. Um, great example to always go to Fury Road. No, get A to B, back to it's, A. It's simple, but it is very complex in the way you tell the story. Because like, there's, a, oh um, yeah, it the the way this movie was made or uh, was told, like mm-hmm. there's nothing simple about it. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears going into the story of this movie. Absolutely. Um, and the same thing with like Fury Road. Like, it can't just be. Like there's got to be so many things that happens in the middle to make keep you invested. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And but when you break it down to the sim- simple parts of it, absolutely. But it's how you tell that story is is what's so important. And story, and yeah, I think story overall, maybe not overall. I mean, it depends on what you're watching. I mean, yeah, a movie like Dunkirk, you know, the visuals can outweigh a story from me or you know oh yeah acting, i mean i you know depending on what you neon demon is one for me where visually it's you know yeah. it's it's keeps me busy visually and i enjoyed it um a great one uh like you know there's so many examples storytelling strictly through visuals a girl walks home alone at night yeah you know there, there's so yes. many yeah there's so many factors that that could make a movie enjoyable that could make you forgive a because you love b so much or mm-hmm. etc but yeah i think to just 
if you're in like the writing phase and things are already getting convoluted, then yeah, take a step back and rewrite. Yeah, yeah, A to B, and like it's it's tough. I one of the things that I just carry with me through life at this point that I learned from from uh, um, my, my brief stint in, in uh, film studies was uh, it's easy to tell a story with a lot of words it's hard to tell a story with a few words yeah and i think that's one of the things where where i get so i guess pissy about like if a movie is running over two hours and 15 minutes it better be fucking immaculate yeah well that's <laughs> what's great about this movie. hour and 31 mm-hmm. minutes yep right Halloween. yeah and like it feels like when you get done watching this movie it feels like you've gone through so much more but like it i mean it is a yeah it's a good fighter it comes yeah. in punches when it needs to and, and and cleans you out whenever you're at your most devastated mm-hmm. you know or whenever you're you're punched out and uh yeah um uh just i mean uh what's weird is uh like i was watching an interview with jamie lee curtis like yeah this is her first big role right right and she actually didn't get any roles after this until she actually did the fall mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she that. started getting more roles interesting and uh you know and then uh donald pleasant they they were talking about him um as a kind of a cut up you know like he was so serious in the movie right yeah but like behind like when people were like he was off camera like you know how people will do their lines Mm -hmm. off camera for them like he would make faces as he was talking and trying to make the people laugh um so it just there's some really good stories in in some of this and like uh pretty much everyone that talks about John Carpenter that was involved at least with this movie and most of the other ones they're like they love him so much but he all, they also said he was he was a he when he needed to be he was a super dick yeah i i mean that's a good skill to have to not be a dick but be able to behave like one when you need yeah. to, when you need when you to need rein to get it in on. yeah yeah um yeah i don't know um halloween's one of those like nine maybe ten for me let me see if i actually i gave it a nine uh i think it's it's almost pitch perfect movie start to finish um, yeah, this it's an eight for definitely an eight for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh um it's it's hard it it kinda is hard to watch now without trying to pick apart things. But if you can sure. really it like and I, it's hard to do because I, I will and I know you do the same thing where you will you will criticize thing in one movie but let it slide in other and we've talked about this Absolutely. a million times. Yeah. Um <clears throat> that like if you let yourself just be in the movie for a little bit. Uh, it's it's worth the watch. So, yes, absolutely. And uh, I mean, if you're just just uh, you know not not to discourage anyone with this title, um, I guess just because you and I sit and we talk about movies for hours on end each week. Um, but if you just casually watch movies, just let it let it wash over you. There you, know, you go. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I don't mean it mm-hmm. in a disparaging way, but no, you know, just get naked, lay in your bed, yeah, cover yourself in milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's if you're taking a shower, nice, nice milk, milk, milk bath. <laughs> yeah, nice glass of milk and uh, 
the beer on the side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any, any final Halloween thoughts? Uh, I don't think I could do yeah. any more. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, I can't add anything to it. No. I, I mean, we're to be fair to you. We're not breaking any new ground here, so <laughs> it's all yeah. just, uh, you know. Yeah. It's all, there, there's a reason everything that can be said has been said upon this movie and the heaps of praise upon it. But, you know, there's our, sure. two, there's our two cents. Uh, <sighs> so after that, his next major feature was The Fog in 1980. Yes. Uh, did you get a chance to, I haven't seen this movie in probably 30 years. <sighs> I watched it. Um, apparently now it is not on Amazon Prime anymore, but I watched it on Amazon Prime. And I got to tell you, it's not great. <laughs> it's um, so it, it uh, like, as you mentioned, it does star Jamie Lee Curtis and her mom, Janet Lee, who mm-hmm. uh, I wish she. um she passed away long, maybe not long before, but before podcasts were a thing. I could listen to Janet Lee's voice. Yeah. Forever. Um, so I wish she had like, you know, recorded the dictionary before she died or something. Um, so there's a couple, um, Adrian, Adrian Barbo, Barbo is French. Mm -hmm. I should know. I'm so French now. Um, Mm -hmm. Adrian Barbo, Jamie Lee Curtis, Janet Lee, all great in this um but it just doesn't it never gets going you know you know like what there's no real mystery to this one right and it it suffers a little bit from the special effects too because i i did watch a lot of clips and stuff and and it's a movie i remember but it's like you know the fog rolling in like it kind of hard and and the creatures that were there i'm well it's there's nothing yeah. to latch on to with the creatures. Like, it's not a cool, like, it just, it's a, it's not, it's not the shape like Michael Myers where, where it's just this, this foreboding presence. It's not a cool creature. It's just kind of like, ah, uh, there's a shadow with some seaweed and a hook for a hand. Yeah. Kind of like goblins in the mist. It's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, um, the script's not very punchy. The dialogue's not very good. Um, I don't know. You could do a lot worse, but I mean, when, when you're talking about Carpenter movies, it's not like, oh, Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York. Yeah. Those, that, yeah that's the trinity right there. Right. No. It's not. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, it it feel if it, it feel it really feels dated where Halloween yes as much as I say it kind of suffers but it also doesn't say that could have been in seventy eight eighty eight or ninety eight mm-hmm. you know well it might have been uh, there's been yeah. so many yeah at this and point probably was yeah well yeah h h two o must have been ninety eight yeah so yeah um yeah i don't i don't have much thoughts on this one but i am uh what is it my teeth are swimming so (laughs) oh yes so i'm gonna hit hit the bathroom and then grab another beer on my way back all right and uh we'll brb for for the next good luck be careful thanks i'll get back in in one piece please all right
Yep. Back in the back in the back in the building. Um, so from the fog, um, the next horror mystery sci-fi, the next notable thing that we want to talk about, I think, is The Thing. Yes. So this one has the um, the uh, distinct advantage of having Kurt Russell star. Yeah. Um, Kurt Russell in one of his many beards. Yes, this is, uh, yeah, um, yeah, and it, like, you you look back at, Kurt, like, Kurt Russell should be a lot older than what he looks, right? Yeah. He, you know, he looks like he's 55 in this movie, or maybe 45. Yeah. Like, he, he looks older than I do. He, he's, yeah, he. In this movie's, you know, going on 35 years old. Dude, this movie. I'm I'm just looking at some of the like overseas artwork for for this. Pretty sweet. Yeah, it's the ultimate in alien terror, according to the VHS artwork. Oh, that no, I, and that's one of the things I would really want to say about this. This is just a just a straight up alien knockoff. Whether whether he wants to say it is or isn't. Yeah, I mean it is a straight up alien knockoff. Oh, totally. So it's it's um it's very technically a remake of the 1950s movie the thing from outer space yeah um but it is so to call it a remake is super super generous it is totally mm-hmm. it is it is that that fear of the unknown it it's it tries to be um alien was the haunted house in in space this tries to be the the haunted house in in ice antarctica yeah 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 um still super effective I mean, the same way uh, a movie like it follows is super effective mm-hmm. um it's it's not so much about where where the idea came from it's it's the execution of the idea and um i feel like this this movie is just such a great um you know instead of well i guess it is you know sci-fi a little it's a little it's not paranormal, but it, it has that um, the horror lean to it is less about the thing and more about the the paranoia of um, the, this yeah, fear of, of the of unknown. Who's, who's yeah. what? Who, what? You know, yeah. who can you trust? Who can you trust? Yes. Very. Mm-hmm. It's um, that's that's what the first half of this movie is about is like. Absolutely. It's just that looking over your shoulder. Who can you trust? What's going on? And then it just it goes bananas like it where yeah. alien was very very subtle in the way it methodical uh, yeah yeah uh, but this like once once it gets going it's like geez uh, like um there was you know uh, uh just like the um uh, the special effects in this were just nuts for the time right i mean just the i think so yeah absolutely i mean the, it was probably a really great um uh, probably probably struck that like perfect balance between practical and computer generated mm. uh but yeah or, or uh, i mean also very much could just be the um uh you know uh, set design and and setting up shots and the lighting but yeah i i uh i think that it's one of those where 
it's maybe not as maybe like Kurt Russell, <laughs> it's not as dated as maybe it should be. Although right. he's he's got the inverse going on here where he, where he's he's more dated. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, but I still think it holds up. I've watched. Uh, I agree. Recently yeah. watched this movie like within the last six months. I don't feel like there's a lot. I I think it is there. If you didn't grow up with this movie or hadn't seen this movie, well, no. I I mean I've seen it. Yeah. a long time ago. Right. Like right. Just rewatched it and stuff. But but yeah, I th- I think that there are things that maybe could you could point to or could take you out. I, yeah, um, I mean, some of the special effects probably could, but for the time, you know, if you're willing to um, let it wash over you like a warm glass of milk or a cold glass of milk in a shower, cold glass um, of milk in a hot shower. Um. In in tonally, it like really effective, mm-hmm. really effective. Because even with like the uh, the times it goes bananas, right? With mm-hmm. the uh, the dogs, or you know, with the chest burster scene, or the chest right. <laughs> grabber scene, or you know, like. But it, then it goes right back into that tonal, just like creepy. Um, like it it keeps you off balance in this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, it it does a really good job of that, and uh, a lot of great character actors in this. I mean, you know, people that may come up on a list mm-hmm. maybe in the future here. Yeah. Um, uh, that you know, but you don't know, and uh, people like, and we talked about it last week with Rob Zombie going back to the well with like working with certain actors. Mm-hmm. He does, uh, Carpenter does the same thing. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> um, you know, going back and working with actors over and over again. But uh, yeah, I I think the best the the thing I like the most about this movie is the tone and the mm-hmm. just the the paranoia, like you said, absolutely of who can you trust, what's what, what's real, what's not, and and what I love too is bleak endings. Sometimes, yeah, it's just like, uh, and that's something that John Carpenter is really good at is bleak endings. Um. And, you know, whether it's in Halloween or this movie or uh, Village of the Damned or um, uh, what's it called? In in the Mouth of Madness, which we'll, we'll talk about here coming yeah. up. Um, it's it's like there's never I mean, he doesn't always say, oh, everything's good. Yeah, it's not always bright and hopeful. And it's never it never he toasts that great line where it's never um it's never bad enough at least to to my memory where it's like leaves a bad taste in your mouth it's always it's like it it is bleak it is um it's that tough pill to swallow but it's never like but it's earned yeah it's it's, it's never not bleak for the sake of being bleak it's right. not um it's not um it's never and Clive Barker-ish right yeah it's never like, you know, the um and obviously this isn't bleak for the sake of being bleak, but like something like the last men in Aleppo where you carry that with you the rest of the day and it kind of weighs you down. Um, right. It, it it's it's like ah uh, tough pill to swallow and then you you swallow it and move on your day. You move on, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh very effective. Uh I I, I I like Halloween a lot. I think mm-hmm. this is probably, uh, I like this movie. This is probably my favorite John Carpenter movie. Yeah, I mean it's up there for me too. Um, 
it just kind of comes back to similar with the Rob Zombie discussion is Thousand Corpses is a little more in my wheelhouse. It's not to say it's a better movie than uh, Devil's Rejects and Halloween's more in my wheelhouse. And it's not to say that it's a better movie than Thing. The Thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. There's also it's, a uh, great episode of uh, The X-Files from the first season called Ice, uh, which is basically a very self-contained um, rehashing of the thing that uh, has. Um, I, I don't know how familiar you are with Seinfeld, but uh, Kenny Banya is one of the, one of the characters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see? Um, it's cold, Jerry. Yeah, did, it is. It is. Uh, it, well, it's cold, Jerry. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I'll leave, but really, this is going to be another hour of listening yeah. to me, um, listening to us. Have you seen the uh, the thing? Not to be confused with the thing, um, the two thousand eleven oh, remake now prequel pre- remake. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's the it's the what is it the, uh, it's the pre helicopter, yeah. It's what what leads to the helicopter chasing the dog across. Yes. Right. Yep. Yep. I remember um, being at a party and talking about it, and someone was like, "Does it end with a dog running away? Because if so, fuck it." No, like, no way, it, man. That's like I was like, it I, does. Comic books are, but it's for. so effective, right? Yes, <laughs> like that's that you that begs to tell the story of that. Like, yeah, I feel like that's the mark of it. Um, and uh, I don't know. Let I gave it a seven. Um, yeah, it's trending at a six point two on IMDb. Uh. You know, it's not perfect, but the fact that you can close out the movie with the opening to the next movie and yeah. and just be like, oh, oh, and and yeah. have and it kind of we we've done that with uh, the Alien franchise, right? Yeah, you know, with all these, you know, the Prometheus and mm-hmm. you know Covenant and stuff. So like it it it's such because like he never he doesn't have to explain that whole thing. Like you kind of figure out what's going on, why they were doing that, but like. What happened? How'd they get there? Like, you know. Ooh, uh, Joel Edgerton's in this. Mm. Yeah. Um, I might. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who was such a great. um, Mm. She is like. I don't know. She she is very good at. um, Isolated. Not. Yeah. She's very great at, at not being the damsel in distress. Yes, she's. I. I don't know. There's a better way to phrase that, but I don't. I don't have it right now. No, she's just a strong female character. She's just a strong character. You don't say. Finally, Andrew. Finally, a strong female character. It's finally. (sighs) When I complain about stuff like that, it makes it seem like I'm against it. I'm just against pretending like it's never happened before. Finally. Not finally. Go watch Alien. Yes. Go on. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, even though this was a, like a like a, a knockoff or ripoff of Alien, yeah. it still works. And that's, I guess, the best thing I could say about it because yeah. Alien is so good. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, it's no, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's not the brightest of ideas. Um, being like, I'm going to rip off alien because <laughs> you're setting the bar real high. Yeah. Um, but they make it work. Yeah. They make it work pretty darn well. If, if you ask me. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing. Um, that's another one you'd, you're, you're going to have to track down, but worth, worth tracking down. Yep. Yep. There's, there's a couple in, in his, uh, in his repertoire that are just absolutely worth tracking down. Yes. Um, you're, you're a Stephen King guy. Yes, I am. (laughs) When was the last time you watched Christine? Uh, probably, uh, we probably rented it. My dad probably rented it for me. Um, it's been a long time <laughs> since I watched it. Um, same. Yeah. So it's, uh, I just, I know that, uh, you know, I don't know. I know that I, I like the fact that him, uh, John Carpenter and Stephen King are friends. Yeah. That like, in, in, like I I'm glad I live in a world where that is yeah, a thing. It's a nice little feeling, yeah. knowing that for sure. Uh, so we go Starman. I know I've watched that, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I don't think we should talk about that. Nah. That's a movie I really, really like. But fun, yeah. That might still be streaming on Netflix too. Um, let Let's keep moving. I'll 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 address that when we get to it. I think someone said it was. Um, I was watching, uh, yeah, documentary. It was what was it? Um, it was oh, Mortal Kombat meets uh, Indiana Jones. Nice. Yeah. So well, I thought, here, how about this? Um, so I, I searched "Big Trouble in Little China," or "Big Trouble in Little" is actually as far as it got. And Netflix said, "Explore titles related to." First two are Mortal Kombat and The Hateful Eight. So <laughs> there you go. So there you go. Big Trouble in Little China in 1986. It is not streaming anywhere that I am subscribed to. So sorry about that. Um, so did I have never, I've never seen Prince of Darkness. Okay. Um, I don't think I have either. No, I actually added it to my watch list probably in, uh, in hopes that I would squeeze it in here. Um, right. But um, yeah. I, I, I have seen they live. Yes. Um, did you want to you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, we could <laughs> we could talk about it. Um, it's kind of a commentary. Oh yeah. I mean, I his, I think it's supposed to be, commentary. but it's also like super fun and goofy and starring yeah. you know Rowdy Roddy Piper. Maybe <laughs> the best quote in all of all of cinema. Mm-hmm. I've come here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. <laughs> and I'm all out of I'm gum. All out of bone. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I also love this one. Real fucking ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that's a great scene. And, like, he, he doesn't get it. Like, it is so funny because he's sitting in this, like, what is it, like, kind of like a bodega or yeah. like some kind of. Uh, <laughs> he's just sitting there talking. With these new glasses, he get, okay. So we guess we should yeah yeah. I guess we should set it up, <laughs> and we're not going to get too deep into this movie because it's not very deep. Um, but 
Roddy Roddy Piper is a construction worker. We get that at the beginning of the movie because he is working on a construction site with a shirt off and all of his muscles are bulging and no hair on him, so he's been shaving. But yeah. he also has a hard, hard hat on, so I don't know why. But he's just <laughs> swinging a hammer. Um, but someone gives him... I can't remember how he gets the glasses. Oh, it's so funny. But so, yeah. Um, I think if... Doesn't he find him? I think he maybe he finds him. He puts these sunglasses on and like... First of all, they're black and white as you look through them. So as soon as you yeah. see black and white sunglasses, like why would you have them? But he also gets to see if people are real people or mm-hmm. if they're dude. He can see the real world, man. Are yeah, they, they're aliens, right? Yeah, I think they're aliens. Are they aliens? They're 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 yes. Let's call them aliens. Yeah. Um, but he can see their true selves or yes. their true form. And I guess they live is uh, one of the the things in the movie is they live, we sleep. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, they're trying to take over the world by acting. It's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers type. It's another kind of ripoff of that, right? Um, yeah. So they, they walk along amongst us and it's his job along with, I think it's Keith David as well, right? Yeah, Keith David as well. Um, Roddy Roddy Piper and Keith David they go through and uh, lay waste to they. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's it's very campy, very very campy. Yeah, um, but oh, so poignant. But, what's that? But oh, so, I said but oh, so poignant. Yes, very, <laughs> really. very. Um, I, it's just the tonal shifts in his movies are. It's so odd. It's so odd. Yeah, because um, this movie is so, like, fun and goofy and, like, uh, yeah. I, they are so, yeah. I mean, just having for someone Roddy Roddy Piper as yeah. your lead. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's there's weird. so many, like, directors for hire who never become names. But he, um, this is one of the things that I actually love about Kevin Smith. Um, but he will, you know, he he puts his name on the movies he makes. But like that's where a lot of the through lines stop, as far as like the stories and the storytelling that he uses. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, one of the things I love about Kevin Smith is is um, he to paraphrase, but he said once he's like, I'm not, you know, there's so many people that go into making a movie to call something Kevin Smith's clerks would be insulting to the hundreds of other people that make it pop- yeah. possible. Um, well, I mean, so. even, even when we talked to Anderson, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he not, he doesn't love, um, uh, 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 Francis Ford Coppola mm-hmm. as a filmmaker, but he really appreciates the fact that he, whenever he does, he never puts his name above the title or he always, he always puts, you know Mario Puzo's mm-hmm. uh, Godfather. You know he'll he'll he gives recognition to the people who, you know he doesn't put his name above the uh, top bill. You know yeah, but like when you're when you're watching the opening credits for any John Carpenter movie, <laughs> I mean his name is Blaster. Yeah. If you don't know now you know. <laughs> yes, as uh, one big papa once said. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, they live. Uh, it is. I'd say it's worth the watch. Absolutely, I strongly lot, recommend this movie. It's so much fun. Don't if you can avoid it. Don't watch it by yourself. 
you know. Yeah, then, yeah. Have someone there to laugh and just be like, "What? What? Oh, that's pretty good." Yeah. Oh, no way! Get out of here! No um, way! <laughs> um, actually, um, Matt's sister went as uh, Roddy Roddy sister? Piper from They Live. Matt has a sister. She knows Jim's sister. Yeah. That would be fucking weird. They have that a podcast together. That'd be so awesome. That w- yeah, that would break the internet for sure. <laughs> I'm not even mad. I just... Good for you guys, I guess. <laughs> would have been nice to tell me. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is streaming. They Live is streaming on Stars. If oh, you nice. Get a chance. Um, so, uh, so... Then he goes memoirs. See, that's why the tonal shifts in his movies. Mm-hmm. So he goes from Prince of Darkness to They Live to Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which stars Chevy Chase and uh, Daryl Hannah. Mm-hmm. D- yeah. Uh, I'm not going. We're not going to talk about it. Um, Couldn't if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to In the Mouth of Madness. Yes. Which I had no idea, no idea mm-hmm. that he wrote or directed this movie. Mm-hmm. I've heard of Village of the Damned, mm-hmm. uh, but in 1994 he does a movie called uh, In the Mo- Mouth of Madness, which I watched the first time, and I'd like to talk about this movie. Okay, yeah. Um, so this is. In the Mouth of Madness. Is this an adaptation of a book? No. Or am I this thinking is of, a okay. I'm thinking of kinda. At the Mountains of Madness. You're, well, no, you're gonna th- you're yes because it yeah. is because it okay. So the storyline is uh, there is a uh, uh, an author. That uh, Sam Neill's character. Uh, okay, so Sam Neill plays uh, John Trent, who is a Humphrey Bogart type, uh, Sam Sneed type character, where mm-hmm. he is a private investigator, or an investigator trying to figure out. Um, he's actually a um, like a, a insurance type guy mm-hmm. who is hired kind of to find this author who has disappeared um and this author sutter king mm-hmm. or kane who is pretty much a uh anagram not an anagram but like a stand-in for stephen king mm-hmm. um uh he's he he needs to go find him and he ends up falling into this world of like an hp lovecraft type uh uh world Okay. And that's where it comes from. Like, there's, there's, I've read like the, the, the um, trivia and stuff. Like, there's like a million different uh, references to Sud or uh, to H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Okay. Um, and it's um, this is a this is like an acid trip of a movie. This is uh, very very freaky. Um, uh, I I really. Actually, I really like this movie. Um, it, it, when you when you look at tonal shifts, you look at this, mm-hmm. and you look at between this and then six years or seven years later, when you see Ghosts of Mars, you're like, how did the same person do this movie? Because like 
there are some really, I mean, really good shots in this movie. Um, uh, uh, he had Nicotero working on a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, so like, you know, the special effects guys are, are, uh, all there for it. This is a very slow burn, very like, uh, cat and mousey type of thing. Like everything feels off kilter and like you're yelling at the, the protagonist to be like, you should see this coming, but he doesn't see it coming. And until it's too late and very, um, uh, it, it gets into the Clive Barker stuff nice. t- style um, towards the end, but like overall, like not shabby. Uh, it's streaming on uh, Vudu right now, oh. um, and you can watch it f- f- for free. You download the app and watch it for free. You got a couple ads to get through, but um, Sam Neill's great as he always is, um, and this is a like. I, I don't it, it like the tonal shifts again. It's just like I can't believe like this comes out after the invisible Chevy Chase man thing. It's just like I don't know where it comes from. Uh, but yeah, um, worth the watch. I would say um, if you're into John Carpenter and you will get like the elements of the thing, but you also get that um, you know that uh, that private detective style. You know, uh, it, there's a bunch of uh, different homages in this. I was, I guess, um, gotcha. you know, uh, uh, if there's anything I know about John Carpenter, he loves paying um, tribute to old, uh, uh, older movies, and he'll he likes to reference them. So uh, this, I had never, I never knew this movie existed until just this week. No, I didn't know that this wasn't a. Um, I had it confused with Lovecraft the novella. Um, well, Ma- no, in Mountains it's, of Madness. It's, they so. said in yeah, it, that's what it was named kind of after. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, but it it gets weird. Uh, yeah, they're they're looking for. He ends up being becoming going into the book that of the author he's looking to for. So that's maybe why you got it, that it was mm-hmm. from a book. So there's just so many different references and stuff, and I got lost at certain points. But Interesting, to say the least. All right. Uh, yeah, so Village of, or In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, I did watch Village of the Damned mm-hmm. as well. Um, it felt like a creepy uh, TV movie, to be honest. Um uh, just the way it was shot, it felt like it, um, it, and the actors that were in it, that was Christopher Reeve, Christy Alley, and Linda Kozwalski, uh, who you know better from the lady, uh, Crocodile Dundee's wife. <laughs> okay. Um, but a bunch of creepy kids, and uh, this is Christopher's uh, Christopher Reeve's last uh, film before he uh, really? had his accident. And got put in a wheelchair. Yeah. And which is kind of stinks. Um, and he's not a great actor, but I think he actually grew up in the wrong generation. He actually, because his jaw is so strong and like he was just, you know, not like a bodybuilder, but just like, you know, 
had a big chest and mm-hmm. was just very tall. He should have like been in westerns and stuff. He should have been John Wayne or Ronald Reagan or you know one of those guys that were just um, larger in life and kicking ass and taking aim. But he was like he wasn't like a, a subtle actor. He was uh, yeah. in your face actor. Yeah, he tried, especially in this movie. He tried hard. Uh, but creepy little movie, uh, creepy kids, um, <laughs> some good stuff. Mark Ham, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of uh, Mark Hamels in this. <laughs> nice, the Joker. Um, yes, uh, he plays a priest, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, Village of the Damned. Interesting. There's and what what I think the best part about this movie is some of the shots that he got in this movie. Um. There's some really, it's like shot on the uh, Pacific coast, like a Northern uh, California and like some really nice. cool, uh, like sweeping shots and stuff. But yeah, nah, you know, I gave it a five, but it's worth a watch for me. Nice. Well, you know, that's, uh, I don't know. You can rate a movie low and still, still have an appreciation for it. For so. sure. Um, Right after Village of the Damned, we get Escape from L.A., uh, which I guess is not, not I guess, not in our, uh, not in the agenda tonight. Uh, I haven't, but have you seen his 98 movie Vampires? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I saw it in a theater. Oh, all right. To be honest. Uh, yeah, this, uh, you know, it, uh, um, it, it. I get. I guess the two big things to take away from this is, like, vicious vampires, like, like vicious vampires, and like, um, oh, well, thirty days a night style, like just rip somebody in half type thing. Uh, and James Wood is your uh, protagonist, and uh, which is a weird thing to have James Wood as your protagonist because yeah. he's usually, you know. The bad guy, but um, not good. But <laughs> not not like the worst movie I've ever seen. Just you know, kind of forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just it's kind of a shame because I don't know. You know, it's it because after after uh, Village of the Damned, like I pretty much there's nothing. I never I didn't. Well, I guess we can talk about Ghost of Mars. <laughs> be rude not to <laughs> yeah i guess yeah no let's do it. <laughs> uh ghost of mars is insane mm-hmm. uh <laughs> i um i'm disappointed because as i was looking it up today it's currently streaming on uh oh no okay uh you can rent it for 2.99 on prime on amazon prime and i rented it on itunes for i think 4.99 um which I think two ninety nine is overpaying, but oh, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, imagine paying five dollars for this movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's um, it felt like well. So John Carpenter co-wrote this movie. Um, it's one of those things where it kind of felt like they thought they had this like futurist like pro like the futurist female like 
with the the matriarch thing. Oh, and as soon and as you get Pam Greer in there, you're like, okay. It just Bad feels, bitch. yeah, it feels very like, not you know, again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it, but when you just like, it feels shoehorned in and like, well, we got to remind people that, you know, the future of Mars is, Mars is run by women in the future. Let's just, you know, let's just put that out there. Hmm. And it's one of those things where I feel like there was this like brainstorming. We're like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Ooh, I like that. Um, and sometimes when I watch movies, uh, when I was watching this, it was very much strictly for critiquing purposes. Like, I didn't sit down to enjoy this movie. I already knew, having seen it before, knew what I was in for. Yeah. Um, so sometimes... Uh, sitting down to just critique a movie. Uh, I I get this thing in my head where um, in the original X-Men movie, around the same time, there is a, a quote that Halle Berry says that um, it's like, you know what happens to a frog in, in a lightning storm? Same thing that happens to everything else. Infamously bad line. <laughs> and I think it was Joss Whedon who kind of didn't pull any punches and he was like you know what sometimes when you write something down you have an idea of how it will go and it will work and then the actor delivers the line poorly um mm. which is paraphrasing but i was like oh wow uh shots fired at halle berry yeah. um but a lot of times in the dialogue in this uh, that's kind of what i'm thinking i was like this might have been a good idea but it's just delivered like all the delivery is so wooden and so stiff and yeah. like ice cube is in the top half of the, uh, like if you were to break it down in, into like best to worst performances, ice cubes probably in the top half. Oh and yeah. He's, he's yeah. He, he no, like, actually I would say he's probably top two. Yeah. Because he's, because everyone else is so he's bad. serviceable. And he's I, I in the top. I love Jason Statham. Yeah. He's terrible. <laughs> Natasha Henstridge. Oh, yeah. Lovely I, to look at, but yes. Woof. Yeah. And, you know, no. Uh, wait. Am I not able to? All right. So I'm on IMDb on my desktop or on my laptop as opposed to on the app. Oh, okay. There it is. It just didn't load. There was no um, star rating, and I'm like, is rating banned for this one? Hmm. We're just like, forget it. Uh, but it's there, four point nine. Yeah, um, yeah to talk about a movie like you go from some movies that, because of the atmosphere, because of the acting, because of of a plethora of reasons, they there's things that date them, but they don't feel dated when you sit and let it wash over you and watch it. Yeah. This, this one you can't help no, but no this yeah. movie is just like oh, oh early 2000s yeah. like still trying to figure out this next wave of cgi and yeah it's <laughs> i'm i'm telling you like i watched um in the mouth of madness right mm -hmm. and this is you know seven years before it mm -hmm. uh it's so much cleaner it's so much modern more more of a modern look like it's just uh, like 
oh man, like I was, I was watching with my wife for a little bit. We sat down, we're you know, and I was like, this is bad. <laughs> and then like a little bit later, oh, this, oh my god, this is bad. And she's like, why are you still watching it? <laughs> like, and it kept going on and on and on. It was just like, it's Andrew's yeah, fault. It, no, no, not at all. Um, I mean, you can if you want. Well, okay, so the, that's the reason why I think, for me, John Carpenter, when I said at the beginning, I got a little bit more of appreciation, like, when I got to look at some of it. Like, he, he does have his ups and downs, and it's, like, it's rare to have a, you know, he has 33 credits to, or 32 credits to his his name, and some of them are, like, TV movies and stuff like that. For the most part, like, they're all movies you've heard of, for the most part. Right. Um, and... It's I I think it's really hard for a filmmaker to to go that long and for this many I mean you know over like forty five well going back to whatever uh, Dark Star I mean that's you know we're closing on fifty years of filmmaking mm-hmm. and you know for everyone to be a hit and especially with the genre he's working in and with the budgets he has and and the studios he's working for yeah. you know. You know, uh, Paramount and um, you know Universal and stuff aren't going to be picking his stuff up for the most part. Um, other than, well, he not his stuff. They're going to remake his stuff, maybe. Right. And because they're they're playing on the um, the nostalgia. Right. You know, hey, how many butts can we get in the seats? Because we're mm-hmm. going to do this. We're going to bring Michael Myers back. Whatever. Um, but you know, for as long as the run he's had, he's had some really good stuff. Absolutely, and, yeah. And just like our podcast, like I can't be gold all the time. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna have some ups and downs, people. Yeah. I'm the John Carpenter of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so for him, he's got he has a great reputation, um, and that is with shoot, I just had it. That was with 32 director's credits. Yeah. And I would say a less than a third of those are stellar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, his l- most recent one, The Ward, uh, mm-hmm. we have, I don't think we, either one of us have watched. Yeah. I tried to. Yes. It was like not available to even rent, which was right. weird. Uh, so yeah, that came out in 2010. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh yeah, so I don't know what that how that holds up. Um yeah. Hopefully it it does good, but I'd say I mean um you know, he's I you know, it's when we were talking about directors and like Hall of Fame directors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh for me, like I know like well, he's inspired so many other directors, so maybe he gets it on that, but um like he's uh you know, he's a 285 hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not he's you know, he's never going to be for me. He's not going to be in the maid or in the Hall of Fame, but because of his influences and stuff um, and he because he did have some great, you know, with Halloween and, and the thing, mm-hmm. um, he's going to have uh, a lasting influence. And I was happy to like I, you know, watching Village of the Damned and uh, and more. Uh, more notably, uh, in the Mouth of Madness, I have a better appreciation of him. And uh, I actually did watch uh, The Assault on Precinct 
13, which is a uh, very dated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, if you can again let the milk let the milk flow, <laughs> oh, it'll uh, you can oh. have some appreciation for that as well. Yeah. And uh, oh, hmm. even uh, even more than uh, directing, he's got 58 soundtrack credits that's right and yeah because he does have a a distinct style of that Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. um i did watch real quick um i did watch cigarette burns which was a basically made for tv movie there's a series called masters of horror um which brought on a bunch of horror directors to excuse me i don't know where they came up with these um these scripts but they got a bunch of horror directors to um, make these basically made-for-TV movies. Kind of like anthologies? Yeah, type. yeah. It's an anthology series, Masters of Horror. Um, and it stars a, uh, one young uh, Norman Reedus. Um, this came out in 2005. And it was a, uh, a weird one. Um, but it was perfect. I... Uh, had about an hour flight going from New Orleans to Atlanta. I was wide awake at this point, so I watched it, and uh, it's kind of kind of fun. So it's about a guy who collects like these old um, these these rare movies, and it's about this movie. Uh, what's it called? It's French, but it's oh, La Fin Absolue de Mon, the, the absolute end of the world. <laughs> and um so it it is kind of a uh funny to see him make a movie and tell a story about a someone tracking down a scary movie um mm-hmm. but not very good filled an hour of my time yeah um little meta yeah yes it was a little meta and uh I'm kind of interested in the series, though. Like, I'd love to... I'm sure I can find, like, what people like and what's considered, like, the best. But I do wonder if there's any of these in here that are just, like, definitely worth the watch. So, Because um, they do bring on bring on some pretty interesting people. Masters of Horror 2005... Yeah, ran, <coughs> ran for two years. Uh, you could stream it on Roku and Hoopla, Hoopla and Tubi TV. Oh, look at that on Tubi. Nice. You can check that out. Uh, looks like the yeah two seasons. Mm-hmm. So there you go, Tubi TV. Uh, that is a free app for all y'all. Um, Master. That uh, that uh, what's it? Um, uh, Fredo turned us on to. Yeah, yes. You can watch uh, the whole whole season, whole two seasons. Looks like it. Yep. With uh, limited limited uh, commercial interruption. That's right. Cool. I'd be interested. Yeah, maybe we'll. Uh, I'll try to check it out as well. It looks like a like a prequel to uh, or a precursor to uh, Black Mirror or something like that. Uh yeah yeah it's just or or even more like specifically horror geared yeah maybe a tales from the crypt yeah ish type thing yeah kind of it does kind of strike me as something like that so 
Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Carpenter, Dario Argenta, Takashi McKee. I can't say his last name. Takashi69. Yes. The so. Well, very good. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, yes. deep dive into a, uh, I'd say, a legend of horror. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, you talk about like maybe not being a, a Hall of Fame guy. Uh, definitely, definitely an impact player. Yeah, he's like um, he's like Kirk Gibson, not in the Hall of Fame, but man, do you remember him hitting that '88 World Series home run against Dennis Eckersley and his hamstring? You know, running around. Never forget. Never. <laughs> never uh, ever say never ever. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Hopefully, you liked it. Uh, and if you think, eh, didn't like it, or, yeah, just some feedback, guys. Let us yeah. know what, what you like, what you don't like. Yeah, and it's girls. been a while. I I feel like we haven't heard from anyone in October. Well, uh, I think... Yeah. Everyone's busy um, with the World Series. Yeah. Very busy. But it's over now. So That's right. Uh, yeah, I think... Well, Neil, uh, hold the dark and other stuff. He let us know what he thought about that. Um. And he kind of liked Hereditary, so we'll, we'll find that out. Um, <laughs> yes, I guess we will dig deeper next week. That's right. Um, yes, and I guess, uh, do you have anything more? Uh, no, I had a lot of fun. Sorry. I um, I feel like the these this last beer like went right to my head, so I've been kind of in my own in my own world. So Nice. <laughs> Sorry oh. about the last half hour. Yes. Yeah, Thank you, that, Brad, guys. for for carrying the torch. Yes. No. Not at all. Um, yes. And uh, at the risk of uh, bringing the podcast down, I do. Uh, yeah. Uh, just love each other, guys, because yeah. this the whole this stupid uh, Pittsburgh thing that happened yeah. really bummed me out, and it made me. Uh, and it, like, and I, I've texted back and forth with Andrew a little mm. bit uh, during the week, and uh, it, you know, you you kind of get callous to these shootings and stuff, yeah. and it's like, you know, oh this, oh another one, oh another one, but this one uh, hit a little hard or close to home, and I just, uh, yeah, um, yeah, not going to be able to stop it. Nothing I can do to say to make the world a better place, other than to uh, take the ones you love, hold them for a little bit, kiss them, and make sure you uh, tell me love them. Yeah. And I love you guys. And Andrew, I love you. Oh, thank Thank you. you, I I love you back. And I I appreciate you sharing that because I think talking about it is is healthy. So, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Until next week. I'm with you. And, uh, you know, argue argue about movies. Don't argue about other other petty differences. That stuff. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back next week. You bet. Even if you don't want us to, we'll be there. You can stop us. Yeah, we're like Michael Myers. We just keep showing up behind the uh, maybe an hour and a half, maybe two and a half. You don't know how long we'll be. (laughs) We'll be there.
Shotgun bullets are bad for your health. 